Welcome to Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. We're here to help you take your health, fitness, and mindset to the next level. It's time to level up. Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. Today, we are talking about developing independence in the gym. Mm. I feel like everyone listening to this podcast um, is well aware of like online coaching and personal training and the different types of help that you can get when it comes to developing a health and fitness routine, whether that's in person or online. So today we're going to have a bit of a chat about like who coaching's for and who would benefit from different styles of coaching. Yeah. And also how to maximize your coaching experience, um, but then also not be completely reliant on a coach as well. So yeah, lots of exciting points that we'll get into today, but I think we'll start off with who should hire a coach and when would you Mm. need one? And we both think that if you're completely new to the gym and to training, hire a coach. Mm. Yeah. A lot of people have this idea that oh, I'm not ready for an online coach or I should be at a certain level to work with someone. And I'm I'm smiling because even sometimes I get like applications and they'll be like, oh, you know, I'm not like a competitor or I'm not like advanced. And I'm like, that's not what like online coaching is really just for. It's not reserved for the elite. How do you think that people get to that? You know, they mm. need guidance along the way. But I'm really curious, Danny, like to hear about your experience, like whether it's in-person training or online um, and, and what sort of got you to seek out coaching. Well, my dad was my first ever coach. That's right. Old school (laughs) bodybuilder. Old school bodybuilder. And I know you had a gym dad as well. So (laughs) there's no way that I would have gotten into it really without him saying, oh, do you want to give it a go? Because I had no idea. There was no Instagram bodybuilding.com was just a thing or internet was yep. sort of just a thing. To yeah. What the hell? <laughs> Seriously. Um, so <laughs> That's how it, old we are. God. Oh my God. <laughs> there was a meme on one of the um, bodybuilding pages or powerlifting pages that had the old windows um, logo. You remember that little flag, the black yep. flag. And they're like, if you remember this, you should be doing a full warm up before your workout. It's like, yeah. oh my God. Um, but yeah, dad was my first coach. And then I remember going down to the local YMCA or sort of gym mm. and had a swimming pool. It was like a community leisure center. And then um, there was this old guy, a personal trainer who wrote out my program on the on a mm. card. And he, yep. he took me oh, through Oh, and you about, file the card back? In your bloody filing cabinet. And I swear it would disappear every time. So my whole workout was the first hour, find the card. Second hour through like five exercises and then he took me through it was it was with my whole family actually mum dad my brother yeah this same guy I think he would have just given us all the same program whatever um took us through the movements and then okay away we go and I'll be sitting at the desk if you need me Mm. and then we'd sort of go in and dad didn't really actually need it but more mum myself my brother dad Mm. you know he just went along for support but that was sort of my first experience and I I think it was great Mm. because I got to yes I learned some of dad's habits um but then I also got to learn um just from an instructor straight away about technique and how to Mm. not hurt yourself and how to try different machines and that really helped with my confidence when I started out and 
you know, then I built from there. So if I had just sort of gone into the gym, I don't think my journey would have lasted that long. I probably would have psyched myself out or hurt myself or anything like that. So yeah, I'm really grateful for that little A4 card back in yeah. the day. Yeah. I had like a flashback and I have no idea why I remember this, but on my little gym card, <laughs> I remember, I still remember tricep rope extension, nine kilos. I still remember <laughs> filling that in with the pencil. <laughs> You know, it's a classic exercise. Nine kilos. Like I still remember that. Like it was like the second pin down and. Oh yeah. Um, (laughs) But that's really awesome to be able to hear that. And I think um, when I think back to like my first PT experiences or coaching experiences, like I'm really surprised that I stayed in the gym with some (laughs) of the things that I went through. And I guess just to like, you know, summarize my first PT experience was pretty much a, I guess, a junior trainer taking me through what he thought was an ideal workout, was, which was pretty much like 20 minutes on the cross trainer, um, a bit of high intensity stuff and a bit of core work at the end. And oh. that was his workout for me and my goal, which was toning. And oh. I, just, I just cringe at the thought of it all. Um, but I remember going through that session and he said to me at the end, he's like, how was that? And I was thinking, oh. I, like, I was like, yeah, it's great. And I was like, that was, this is shit. Like, this, is this is this it? Um, and you sort of mentioned there, like when then I just was like, okay, well, personal training sucks. That's Mm -hmm. just my initial thought. I was like, well, then no one's going to help me. I have to help myself because, you know, I was doing all my own research. Like you said, I was spending like all this time on bodybuilding.com and I was Mm. like educating myself. So I just started doing my own thing, running out my own workouts. And in the process, like you said, I, um, I guess I'd call him like a mentor or gym dad. I used to call him gym dad because he used to pretend to be my dad when the boys would hit on me. Um, but he used to show me how to like, you know, use the leg press and sort of like an old school bodybuilder as well. And yeah. um, he would spot me in the gym. And oh, so I guess like when it comes to, when it comes to building confidence, it's not only the professionals that you hire, whilst that's mostly what we're going to be chatting about today. It's also the people that you seek confidence advice and guidance from that you would probably classify as a mentor. Like mentors yes. come in all shapes, sizes, um, demographics locations it doesn't have to be like this professor from Mm. some like doctorate it can be literally the old school bodybuilder at the gym because that confidence piece is so important because if I didn't develop that confidence and have someone to show me how to do the things I wanted to do and and actually enjoy it I wouldn't have stayed consistent and therefore I wouldn't Mm. have got the results and I wouldn't have been reinforced to continue Yeah, exactly. And it's good that you sought someone else after that poor experience. And, you know, I definitely recommend if you don't click with your trainer, then find someone else and keep Mm. looking until you find someone that you gel with. Because, you know, using the tricep extension back when I was, yeah, just starting out. And I think I've shared this story in one of the episodes. A trainer did come up, but I was a little bit it was an older lady and she was lovely, but I was still a bit intimidated. And then she corrected my movement, but did it in a way that was a bit like full on for me at the time. Cause I was already, I was like a little possum. I was just scared. Um, and then that really just put me off. So mm. although she knew what she was doing, like the communication wasn't really what sat with me. And then yeah. that really shaped my next few weeks of confidence mm. as well. Um, but again, then you just go and seek help from someone that you gel with. But mm. the beauty of social media now, you get to sort of stalk everyone for a long time yeah. and it, before you reach out, just like our listeners, like I've listened to the podcast for six months and they know everything about us. And then yeah. they reach out because they say, yeah, we'll get along. Mm. Uh, so well, it is important. 
It is so important that you gel like with your trainer or your coach um, on a, I guess, like an emotional friendship sort of level where they still, you still have this like professional relationship. But yeah, like Danny said, you've got this opportunity to be able to stalk people. And we didn't when we first started, like it was just trial and error, but it's the same with everything, whether it's your hairdresser, your doctor, like your makeup (laughs) artist, your PT, you Mm. sort of have to have a relationship with them to be able to communicate and have open dialogue dialogue about what's working and what's not rather than yeah. you know we've all just told the hairdresser yeah it looks great walk go on home and cry <laughs> you know <laughs> oh when they cut your fringe you know oh, um, and these things sort of emotionally star us right and I've mm. heard lots of horror stories about you know less than ideal coaching or bad advice or intimidating um, recommendations or forceful I guess coaching and mm. you know you it's it's not like there's so many options out there and I feel like I just want to be able to say it's okay to change coaches yeah you know and even for me like you know I've I've had like several different coaches and it's nothing on them if you leave a coach even for ourselves Danny like we don't take it personally people have outgrown coaching and they want something different or they're just finding a different style or whatever it might be they don't want to track anymore I don't know then of course you need to move on to something else it's Mm. there's so many different avenues and options out there as well yeah you're right and we all have a different style of language and communication Mm -hmm. that we resonate with some people love tough love some people needed you know we beat around the bush a little bit to get the message across so Mm. that's why it's really important to have a conversation with your coach beforehand just to get to know each other but set the expectation so it works both ways Mm. as a coach if you say you're going to provide something you have to provide that. Mm. But as a client, you can't expect too much if that wasn't in the initial conversation as mm. well. So get the guidelines set um, or the um, expectations set first before you sign any contracts or agreements, okay? Mm. You know, communication is important, but if you're paying for the $4 program a week, you might not get the weekly check-ins or a Zoom call or customized macros and, and you just get what you pay for. You do. You absolutely get what you pay for. And I just, I can't stress that enough because there's lots of, like coaching is on a scale. Mm. Like a lot of people are doing it. It's not a regulated industry. Um, so you do get what you pay for. And if you're going to someone just based on their body or whatever it is, or like Danny said, if you're going to pay $4 a week, you get $4 of value and you don't have a right to stick your hairs up at, you know, oh, well, I want this, this, and this, and this mm. changed out and that subbed. It's not the way it works, right? You don't go into Apple and, and try and barter the, the price of the iPhone. Like mm. you don't, you just get exactly what you pay for. And yeah, yeah there's, there's lots of different coaching options out there. And if something's not, you know, meeting your expectations, you also have that option. But I want to say as well, because I have heard it from a lot of people like starting off coaching with someone and it's going really well. And then after a while, like all of a sudden check-ins are getting missed and they're not getting programs and no response in like a week and those sorts of things. They're red flags. You know, and that's your opportunity to be like, red flag, I either need to have open dialogue and express this with mm-hmm. my coach firstly, and, and then if things don't change, take your service elsewhere, take your business elsewhere. Yeah, and also be mindful of in the online world, sometimes a message might not have sent or something has happened. So 
rather than sitting on it, just say, hey, you know, because people Mm. obviously don't want to be clingy too. So that's why you need to know your relationship with your coach. Just say, hey, you know, my message, I sent it last week. Um, You know, you sort of mentioned in the start that no more than 24 hours or two days to get back to me. Um, did it go through? And then, you know, it happened to me once and I'm like, oh shit, no, my mess, my reply was sitting there. didn't actually go through. I apologize, but I'm glad you said something. Mm. So that's why the communication just has to be there as well. But it, again, if you buy an automated um, program, you won't, you won't be able to go and message that person, but that's yeah. just how it works. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. You couldn't have said it better. I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, so you just got to be really clear from the start what expectations are. And there should be like a process that you're going through with understanding that in terms of like having a contract and signing things. Um, if you're going through like a customized sort of approach to coaching, that is. Mm. Um, but I guess today we're going to be chatting about like developing some of that independence and being able to like, biggest student first and foremost when it comes to being a client so that you can become independent and autonomous in the long run when it comes to coaching yeah no one likes the feeling of relying on someone else particularly Mm. when it comes to coaching you know your nutrition is being looked after your training your your mindset you know people um, offer advice for all three and then Sometimes when the coaching finishes, you can feel so lost or when the program finishes, you can feel lost. And that's when people program hop one to the next to the next. And it's people use it for marketing and they make great sales, but it's also, you want to be able to empower your clients as well. So for you and I, and what you said earlier, if someone leaves us, you know, that's great. They're ready to leave the nest and do it on their own. They might want to do a competition or want to have a different goal or have a baby or do something, whatever, whatever it is. Um, And that's a big win. That is Mm -hmm. a win for them to be able to say, oh my God, you've taught me things and I'm confident to do it on my own. Um, so that is very important. So we're going to discuss things to look for um, in your coaching, again, given that the expectations are there. So we're talking with a one-on-one coach, okay? Mm. And when you're picking a coach, it's not always about the title because we all have different titles, but have a look at their track record, have a look yeah. at their results they're getting with their clients or you know the way that they train. And then you'll be able to get a gauge of how, whether you will like um, their services. Mm. It's very important to just get a gauge rather than focusing too much on their title. Yeah. And I guess that's like the catch 22 when it comes to social media is that people like can put on this front or this status Mm. of the way that things are. And then once you get into it, you're like, Oh, like (laughs) I I expected this, you know, like if I had seen my first PT experience, like I didn't know, had no expectations. I had a clear canvas Mm. and people, I guess we don't have that now. And um, a really good example is is I was chatting with a new client the other day and um, she was saying to me, Oh, like a, a, a past coach that she wasn't sort of happy with. And she was saying, Oh, but she was a WBFF pro. And I was like, Mm. that's, that's, that's doesn't mean shit. Like in the grand scheme of things, like a title doesn't mean that the service is going to match it necessarily. You have to look at the person as a whole. And I can't say or stress that enough in a world that I guess dictates value off an image that Mm. it's not necessarily the case. And it was actually Luke Tullick did a fantastic post on this the other day about his own transformation and talking about his own worth and how like, um, you know, he used to have this fear of tying his um, ability as a coach to his own physique Mm. and I just think we do live in that world where people go oh she looks good I want to look like that I'll go there like a catalog and it's just Um, 
case. Like there are some fantastic coaches out there that don't really care about their body composition, you know? Yeah. And that doesn't make them like a bad coach or that they don't know what they're talking about. Mm. It's just you go to someone for something specific. So yeah. just make sure that you know what you want when you go to a coach. That's brilliant. Yeah, there's definitely a fine line between the two. I mean, you don't want to go to someone who's trying to teach you good habits, but then they don't have any Mm. good habits or, Mm. you know, to teach you a certain movement pattern, but then they're sloppy in the gym or they don't even train. So there's a fine line. I mean, Mm. even in sport, you, the best coaches in the world aren't the elite athletes. Mm. It's different and they have different um, time spent elsewhere. So that's a really good point there. You do want someone who practices what they preach, but then to an extent. Okay. Mm. That's when, yeah, we need to get our detective hat on and really just have a look. And again, communication, it always comes down to communication. Yeah. And um, I know I was chatting with you about this last week, but I put a poll on my story or like, I guess like a little survey about what people look for in coaching and what mm. they want, what the, I guess the, the most important values are when it comes to coaching. And I put things up like, you know, image or their body image or like, you know, their status, their qualifications, experience, um, authenticity, all those sorts of things. And some of the responses were like, really like, I guess eye-opening that a lot of people just truly value like honesty, like Mm. transparency between a coach and a client, Um, authenticity, relatability, um, experience was a big one that came up. Um, And that, I guess that knowledge piece, whilst it did show up, it didn't show up as as much as I thought it would. Like when people are wanting to, I guess, work with someone, they just want to work with a good person, Mm. a good human. You know, and it comes down to that relationship as well that you you must have when it comes to paying someone for a service that you want to have for a long time because you don't want to invest in a coach for like, you know, eight to 12 weeks, to be honest. You want to invest in a longer-term relationship because the longer that you coach someone, like from a coaching perspective, the longer that you coach someone, the the better that you can coach them because you Mm. understand them from like a physical, um, like biomechanical recovery point of view, but then also a behavioral and a psychological aspect as well. You get to know that person and what makes them tick and what they like and what they don't like. And I think a lot of people underestimate how important that is when it comes to coaching. Yeah, yeah. It's so important to have that relationship. And you just, you want to still enjoy your training and have fun and have a laugh and have a community and friendships and banter. You can be handed the best program in the whole wide world, but if you're not enjoying it Mm. and don't do it, then it's a shit program. Mm. So like for all the coaches that are thinking, oh my God, I haven't got that much experience or this and that, just focus on your niche. You might Mm. have beginner clients who just want to get out of the house, move, have a laugh, go down to the gym with you, have a bit of fun. Like not everyone has to be so specific and, you know, work with athletes or do rehab and all of that. So again, find your niche but yes relationship is everything yeah absolutely and I guess when it comes to being a client like even from my um I guess perspective when I've sought out a coach my the first thing I think about is what is the goal what do I want to get out of this is are they guiding me through a prep are they really knowledgeable when it comes to biomechanics or programming? Um, are they exceptional when it comes to nutrition? Like, what am I getting out of this specific coach? So that's what you should have when you come to that. Like, what are you hoping to get from this person? Mm. And then can you absorb everything about that topic from them? Because coaches are, it's like we live in this world where coaches are expect to like know everything. 
And it's just not the case, guys. Like there are specialists in certain areas for a particular reason, right? Mm. And if you've got like a a generalized coach, um, they're going to have like a little bit of knowledge about everything and that's amazing. Uh, But if you're going to someone for a specific reason, it's going to be so much easier for you to know what value you're getting as well to be able to learn that. And whenever I've had a coach, like, I've just absorbed as much as I can from them, asked so many questions Mm. um, from a good place. And I love that when clients do it, they're asking me why, because in my aspect and for me, like when I know why I'm doing, doing something, I'm more compliant. And Mm. I see that with clients as well. So not only is a coach there to give you guidance, they should be able to like mentor you in an aspect. And I know the two can sort of be contrasted a little bit, but you should feel comfortable enough to be able to ask why and get a good answer back and the people or the clients that do that get the best long-term results because then they can collect all these tools understand when to use what tool and then be able to go off on their own merry way not just have a hammer and not know what to do with it yeah it's like in school where you had to like you would try and rote learn Mm. and then it worked for the exam but then once the exam was done you would forget everything where as if you learned the principles and then how to apply that principle to whatever scenario you'd be able to pass all the exams with flying colors and it's Mm. the same so be comfortable to ask why be comfortable to learn and then recognize that you're an individual. So your coach will be able to teach you about you, but Mm. only you are in your body and a slight different positioning or a slight different, you know, way of eating or something like you might not be as bloated Mm. or if you move your foot this way, you'll feel it here type thing. Only you are in your body as well. So Mm. again, that relationship back and forth, but Mm. you're, you're going to get that from a premium service. Okay? Yeah, yeah. We mentor in our premium service and we've created an army of, you know, coaches who now have our principles and then take on their own clients and grow their business. Um, but then people who aren't coaches as well, just being able to go out and trial and error on themselves as well and really feel empowered. So that's, yeah, again, um, from the premium service, but we've created that um, experience for them to be able to ask the why. And we mm. love it. We don't, we don't take it from a place of, oh, why are you questioning me? Mm. It's like, well, cool. You want to learn? Let's discuss. And it, yeah. I just love it. It's how mm. good is it? One of my big guarantees in coaching is that if anyone ever asks me anything, I always have um, a rationale as to why I've done it. Mm. You know, because that was one of my big pet peeves is like when I would ask something and they'd be like, oh, you know, just because it's the way Trust the process. Oh, fucking trust. What (laughs) process? Convince me to trust it. Like show me. Let me build trust, you know. Oh, we've done this because of this, this and this. And last time I saw this and we're just testing this. And, you know, I think it's really important that not only are you asking the questions, but you're making sure that you can put the dots together as well and learn the Mm. the processes as you go. Um, And obviously, like you said, Danny, we've created that environment to do so, but not every coaching service is going to have that. So you just need to nut out like what's important for you in coaching because accountability is a huge reason why people seek out coaching. Some people don't really want the answers and that's cool. Mm. They just sort of want the, they just want the, professionals and the coaches to do the things right yeah. and then count them the reps for them tell them yeah. what to do you know count the reps and mm. that's the other thing I was going to mention is in my like I guess personal opinion 
online coaching and in-person coaching are two separate products. Yep. And I have no issues with clients, even myself, having an in-person trainer. I do have several clients that do seek mm. in-person training just because there are things that you can't get from an online setting like tactile stimulation of someone touching you and showing you where to go, which is valuable for some beginners and even some advanced people as well, depending yeah. on what you want, right? So mm-hmm. I just think it's important to know, like I said, what the expectation is and just knowing what you want to get out of what, because in an online setting, there are definitely things like techniques, a huge part of like what we do. And I know what you do as well, Danny, that we look at and review. However, sometimes if people need in-person training and in-person help and guidance in real time, right? Not in the aftermath and those sorts of things. So be it. There's no reason why you can't do that as well. It's the best. And you mentioned earlier, sort of people specialize in certain areas. So don't expect your coach to be your psychologist, your nutritionist, your, you know, therapist, everything. Yeah. Like we can't wear all the hats or we can, but it's going to be mediocre across the board. So we've chosen to specialize in our certain areas. Um, And then there's nothing wrong with having a team or, Mm. you know, outsourcing face-to-face as well. It's just so helpful. And, Mm. you know, I know I train harder when I have like Paul there telling me my deadlift numbers or Mm. pushing me and like, no, you've got one more in the tank. Like, and you know what it's like like in-person training as well you just push that sort of extra bit harder most of the time Um, but I just think it's great Mm, yeah and I also think as well like you can what I say to new clients like if they're having an issue and we're trying to work with it um, in terms of technique reviews and filming and those sorts of things I'm like we can work on this and we'll probably get there in the next four to six weeks or you could just see someone for two sessions and probably have them correct it right on the spot and go from there it's completely up to you you know it just depends on which way and which direction you want to do and some people like don't want in-person training they don't feel comfortable doing it they just want to do their own thing and that's totally fine as well it's just figuring out like and I guess making sure that you can identify what you're actually getting yep exactly um and in terms of you know continuing on the learning so we touched on it just before learn about your own body because Mm. there are a set amount of cues and there are the right ways to perform exercises but everyone's hip width Mm. for example put your feet hip width apart that looks different for everyone Um, or shoulder width apart. Again, that looks different. It depends on your mobility. It depends on how long your limbs are, Mm. all of your anatomy and all of that. So really start to enjoy playing around with the different positions and heights and things like that. So be in your body, be a detective or be your own scientist, as we say, and and have a bit of fun with it and and experiment. But it does take the, yes, an element of confidence and understanding, again, the principles behind the movements and the exercises, Mm. um, but then patience and presence. Mm. You can't be going and thinking, oh, I've got so much work to do in an hour and pump through the movements. You won't be present. So Mm. they're elements that are also needed for that. Mm. I guess a really good example as well is like a squat pattern you know there's different variations of squats and some people are going to be biomechanically structured um to favor different types of squats whether it's like mm. a front bar or a high bar or a low bar whatever it might be uh, but you're never going to know that unless you're like filming your sets having someone look over it and reviewing it and from like a coaching perspective like if you're not screening or reviewing you're guessing in my opinion and whilst that's fine for some services if that's what you're paying to get you know, if, if you're going through these sorts of things and saying, hey, okay, for my limb length, a low bar is definitely more favorable and more comfortable for me. 
or whatever it might be. Or actually, you know, maybe I do biased a Romanian deadlift now because of X, Y, and Z. You know, mm. there's there's variables that coaching um, take into considerations that is built off years and years and years of gaining knowledge and experiencing and practicing what you preach. So yep. no one expects you to have that level of knowledge, um, but definitely understanding what your own strengths and limitations are is yeah. such a valuable part of coaching because then you know what to work on. You mm. know, like, like what you can push at, what you shouldn't push at. And I think um, training intensity is a really good one. Like we probably have this innate ability now, Danny, to be able to know what our RPE scale is or what how hard we should be pushing. And yep. for I know a lot of beginners, it's really difficult for them to gauge what intensity is. Because mm, it all probably feels hard at the start, doesn't yeah. it? Or you're a bit hesitant or resistant but then mm. the more you learn the more confident you get you yeah. know how you pull up from things you you know when to mm. push and when to pull um but on that awesome squat example just another way that you can use to sort of learn about yourself for example if if we coach someone say cool try your feet a little bit wider again just say if 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 they don't explain it just say oh how come or why like yeah. what would what would changing my foot position achieve yeah and then you learn Mm, yeah easy so easy but we (laughs) like we would do it and probably unless someone's asked like unless we're doing something and we're sort of explaining it as we go we would just give you the cues and the advice you know because like I said not everyone cares and wants it true Um, yeah but it's just about if you want that from your coach ask because they're probably going to love to be able to do it Mm. and then you're learning as you go you're going to be more invested in the actual process the results you're going to remember it you're going to be able to execute it better as well yeah um I have some clients that are coaches themselves that are just a sponge and they just take on everything. And I hear it in their stories and the way that they coach. And I think that's incredible. Like the way that you can share and spread knowledge because it shows your commitment and level as a coach as well. Yeah, it's so cool. Um, Mm. So yeah, learning also, as you said, how to push yourself and when to really push. That's a good Mm. one that just comes from experience. Mm. Um, But you shouldn't rely on your coach always telling you to push harder. And another classic question that you can ask is, okay, how do I know which weight to pick or whatever? And then depending whether it's a compound or a bit safer on a machine, you know, you can push closer to failure on machines that we've spoken about or for a compound lift, all right, leave a couple of reps in the tank. But again, Mm. going back to asking why or how do I pick my weights? Mm. Something I look out for as well is like the speed of the bar. Like some people, especially when they're new to trading, but, you know, really anyone heavy is heavy, right? Like it's heavy, just feels fucking heavy. Like I started (laughs) deadlifting again. I'm like, that's just heavy. I love your, now that you're using more examples about bars. That's (laughs) right. You never, yeah, no, this is good. (laughs) But heavy's heavy, right? And sometimes for a client, I'll be able to watch the video. I'm like, there was no slowing down of that bar, you know, like nothing. You still had probably six more, like if I was there. So it's just about knowing from it because, you know, you don't know. And even sometimes I'll be like, oh, that felt like a grind. And then I'll watch the video and I'm like, oh no, that was okay. So yeah, it always feels worse than what it looks. A hundred percent. It really does. Mm. And even the art of filming is like I coach myself, you know, and I look at that and I'm like, if I look at that, what would I do differently? So like, I love that aspect of filming because sometimes a client will upload something. They'll be like, yeah, look, I know this is rubbish. They've already done the coaching and I'm like, you know, and I think that's how you actually start gaining knowledge about yourself and what that looks like. And the amount of times I'll be like, that wasn't hard, was it? And they were like, nah, I'll add 10 more kilos next week. And I'm like, make it 20. (laughs) (laughs) But you can gauge intensity by like looking at certain things. And one of the things we noted down as well, which I think is one of the 
I don't know, one of the greatest um, things that you can get from a new coach is just that variety in exercises as well and how to change things up and how to progress things and what that looks like because we learn so much through going through things ourselves. Like if I want to learn something, I'll usually do it, right? So it's really important that you're doing that through experience and trial and error so that you know what it feels like and what it looks like. Yeah, yeah. And then flexibility and variety can also come from, let's just say we've got a big work function on and we're going to be so tired. Learn how to move your workout sessions around and all of that. So that's so important too. And we've touched on, you know, at the start, you might be religiously looking at your plan and okay, Monday is this, oh my God, but be okay with changing it because there's no point having a big deadlift session if you've just done a 12 hour shift and you're cooked, you know? So learn about that flexibility and variety too but then also learn that we can't always be changing things around so we need some element of structure you know have the same program for four to six weeks before we move on there are ways that you can progress within the program and we've done an episode on progressive overload but it's Mm -hmm. not just always about chopping and changing too yeah, absolutely. You've got to make sure that you've got some consistency in what you're doing. I mean, like that's what you're paying a coach for, like yep. you know, to follow the program. Um, but for example, like the other day I was running out of time at the gym and I still had to do cable kickbacks and there was no cables left, like all the cables were taken. And so I just did a back extension. And even though it's not the same, I know it's the same sort of movement pattern and saving time, get in, get out. So those yep. are the sorts of little learnings that you can pick up on over time. Um, like obviously follow everything at the start, but over time you can start picking up on those little things by asking and being curious Mm. so that you can gain knowledge and learn as well. Because one of the biggest mistakes that I made when I first started was just being so fixated and married on the program, every rep, every set, like every second, no matter what. Um, And that was like, I was working against my body like for half of the time. And, and then I think it was like maybe a year in, I found out that it wasn't customized. And then I was like, oh, everyone else is doing this workout too. Are you no. kidding me? So then that's when I started letting go of like the rigidity and, yeah. I, you know, started doing my own thing and whatever. But, you know, I just mm. think it's that, it's that sort of yin and yang between following the program, but then listening to your body and, and learning as you go as well. I don't know how to marry that together. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that was, that was great. And there's no point, like, let's just say the whatever machine, what was taking the cables, there's yeah. no point you waiting for half an hour for the cables, no. your cortisol's going up because you're going to be late for somewhere. By the time you get on, you execute it poorly anyway. Yeah, it's just defeated the whole purpose. So then to find a, a movement pattern that works, similar muscles, great. And then you can go on with your day. You're not stressed. Mm. So yeah, managing stress levels is so important. Like it's mm. number one, because there's yeah. no point executing a poor program or training um, session, you know, if you're stressed the whole time. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. But these are just some of like the, the things that over time, I guess we have like changed our mind on and from yeah. a coaching aspect as well of being able to do, it does come with like time and experience, but whenever you're getting a coach, like you want to find someone that is constantly leveling up their own knowledge and excelling themselves um, so that you can be sure that you're never going to catch them in turn. Like you can always look up to them, you know, you know, yep. that they're expanding their knowledge bank, their exercise library, their mindset, whatever it is as well, because we always want to follow someone that practices what they preach that does have that like, I show up and I do the work too. There's nothing worse than taking advice from someone. And it's like, what's the old saying? It's like, um, do as I say, not as I do. 
Have oh, you, yeah. Like, yeah, you wanna, yeah. You, if you're paying a coach and you've got to track your macros, you sort of want to know that they're tracking their macros too, right? Yeah, well, to an extent. We don't want to contradict what we said earlier about, you know, not all coaches are going to be the same as the elite athlete, but they have to have some element of interest in what they're teaching you. Like, yeah. that's just how it works. And when it comes to being, like, religious on the numbers and sets and reps and really focus on that, look, if you're a powerlifter and you've got mm. a competition coming up, you need that. Like, yeah. you can't miss that lift then your programming skewed for the rest of your thing there are ways to go about it but more of the focus is on the precision um, of your lips but if you know it all just comes back to your goal as well or whether mm. you're you know a busy mom who just wants to have some time away from the kids and just go go through the motions there cool so again it will always come back to your goal and people sort of ask us okay what's the magic answer for this or that but it depends. Like it really just depends on you as a coach and the client as well. There are so many variables to everything. Mm. And I do want to say as well, I feel like a lot of people think that coaching is only reserved if you've got this big goal that you're working towards. Like I'm doing a show, I'm doing a comp, I want to lose five kilos. You know, a lot of people do just have this like perception that coaching is to achieve something. And like, I think over the years, I've sort of changed my mind. Yes, you need something that you're working towards. Like, yes, you need a focus point, but it doesn't have to be like this big thing. Mm. It can be like, you know, I just want to feel more confident. I want to learn more about my body. I want to be able to move a certain way. I think as long yeah. as you know, both parties are clear on those expectations, um, because I feel like a lot of people, when they don't have a goal, that's when they go, oh, well, I'll let everything go. And it's yes. sort of like, this is probably the time that you actually need the support more than anything to be able to reset, shift gears, pick new goals, find new things that are going to motivate you rather than that all in or all out approach. No, a hundred percent. And then you get people who are so busy at work or in charge, mm. high in their job, and they're making decisions left, right, and center. And then mm. they just want someone else to take the reins oh. for their training. Yep. Perfect. Feels so good. And, you know, like <laughs> when you have someone else making the decisions for you, you know, there's this thing called decision fatigue. And we only have mm. so many decisions that we can make in a day. Everything from what we wear, the makeup we put, the food we eat, like a really big one, um, the, what we do in the gym. And if you can have some of that stuff like offloaded for you and made for you, it just makes the process so much more seamless. Yep, exactly. And, you know, if you have a coaching experience that you didn't really enjoy, cool, you learn what you don't enjoy. Take that on to the next one. And we've mm. all sort of gone through things and, oh, I'd probably do that a little bit different and, and all of that. So, look, it's still a win. Hopefully mm. it's not too bad of an experience, but, you know, take ownership, say, cool, it's like a relationship. All right, next time I'm going to look for this in a person. Not for the same. Not for not. you, but <laughs> not yeah. for me anymore, but I haven't mm. been there. Mm. I've learned so much from the coaches that I didn't um, have the best experience from. Um just as much as I've learned from coaches that were amazing. So yeah. there's no such thing as like a wasted coaching, coaching experience. You've, there's always something to learn, whether it's what to do or what not to do. Yeah. Um, I think both are incredibly valuable because going through it firsthand, I'm like, I would never do it like this, or I would do this a bit differently, or I would approach it with that mindset or whatever mm. it might be. And that's what helps you formulate your own philosophies when it comes to health and fitness. Yeah. And then if you have gone from coach to coach to coach to coach and you get those people how it's always the coach's fault, 
fault. Maybe <laughs> just try and have a look at you and say, fuck, maybe it's yeah. me. Yeah. Just, yeah, I'm saying that from a place of love, but you, no, know, you no, don't want to play the blame game. It's kind <laughs> of a red flag if someone fills out the application. They're like, yeah, I've yeah. had seven different coaches. They're yeah. all horrible. I'm like, aren't they? Yeah, aren't they? I, <laughs> 100%, you know, and I agree. Like, you know, mm. if someone just coach hops every couple of months, it's a big red flag for me. And I, I'm, I usually ask, like, what, what's happened or, or what made you, like, I guess, what was this bad experience like for you? And, you know, you do just sort of suss it out because there comes a point where we have to take ownership for ourselves and yeah. our own coaching experience and what we do or don't tolerate or the work that we put up, um, that we put in or don't mm. put in as well. Because coaches there are, coaches are to offer advice and mm. guidance, they, you know, in my opinion, will never tell you absolutes. Um, they will send you in the right direction. It's it's your, um, it's up to you to do the it work. Is. Yeah, because only you know all elements of your life, your personal mm. life and all the factors. Um, and, yeah, I had someone that I had a chat to and then we came to the realisation that she actually preferred netball than the gym. So yeah. then, yeah, didn't sign her on, but she went and joined the netball team again. I'm like, oh, good on there you. you go. Maybe that's why you didn't enjoy all of your training programs because you actually hated the gym. Yeah, exactly. So important to <laughs> realise to come to. Um, but something I just wanted to touch on um, quickly when you bring that up I was listening to this podcast about like communication and they were talking about um building trust in people Mm. and something that she said um it was a completely different context in like an office like corporate experience but the way that we talk about someone um either builds trust or distrust in a person and I'm getting from the I I swear I'll bring this back around but (laughs) Danny just say you were saying you were bitching about someone to me instantly my like you're doing it because you're like I'll tell Sherelle I'll tell Sherelle you know she'll be able to do it but then instantly I'm thinking I wonder what Danny says behind my back yeah you know and that actually builds distrust and the the example the that they were using was like a um like a colleague and a boss and the colleague sort of bitching about another colleague to the boss and the boss is saying like hang on um the reason why we didn't give you the job was actually because there's confidential stuff in here and, and you've actually disclosed things to me privately and I don't know if I could trust you with this information. There Whereas the colleague was like, oh, I was telling you this so because we were mates and we were friends and, mm. you know. And when I, I heard it like that in that context, it, it brought me to sometimes like if I've had a coaching interview and a client, a potential client is telling me about a bad experience with the coach and she never did this and she was horrible with that and bad mouth- mouthing a coach and instantly like it makes me go, there's always two sides to a story. Oh, yeah. You know, but you I just have that. to be mindful of mm. like the way you're talking about someone else because never take it personally, just move on. Just be like, not for me. You know, yeah. not for me. But I just think that was a great sort of um, realization and like example that. to be able to take into every life, like every every element of your life. To yeah. be like the way that someone talks about someone, it either builds trust or distrust. And with a coach, like if you've got those insecurities or something's not meeting up to the expectations, if you thought that things were supposed to be delivered in a different way, like just voice it and have that open, clear dialogue, resolve it all. Mm. And then if the expectations turn out to be different, to be like, hey, actually, no, this is not what you get. Or mm. yes, I'm sorry, I'll pick my, I'll clean my act up. Mm. Then awesome, that's resolved. And then there's no bad issues. I love that. And thank you so much for bringing that up because that always strikes a nerve with me. And you just have groups of people who every day they just love making fun of people and banter. And they, you know, they kind of show 
Like I've had people show me things expecting me to be like, oh, so-and-so, but it actually annoys me. I'm like, Mm. why are you trying to put this in my brain? Like, I don't care what they're doing. Stop. Like, yeah. And it's like a vortex. So don't be the people who just spend all your time just bagging out other people. Yes, you can have a little bit of a laugh here and there, but it's actually an epidemic mm. where people think that you build relationships with someone else. So, for example, the person who reached out for you, oh, I'll tell Sherelle how bad the other coach is and then she'll take me on. And mm. no, it does the opposite. And yeah. then you just spend unnecessary brain power worrying what other people do. You never make yourself any better and then you're just miserable. That's mm. a big pet peeve of mine and it's been coming up a lot actually. Mm. I don't know why. It's bullying. Like I think well, I know hate it. I know people come from like a place of they're wanting to connect. That's mm. what it is. And this is what they were True. saying that you're wanting to connect with someone or through this thing, this mutual uh. thing that you think. Um but the opposite party doesn't actually agree that to someone who's really self-aware and, and those sort of things, it doesn't show that doesn't make you connect. It actually makes me more cautious of what I tell that person. Cause then I'm not sure how much I can trust them um, yeah, to be able to relay true. that information from a, like a client coaching element. I'm not sure if it's a place of, it's not my fault. If things didn't work out, it's theirs. Mm. Um, and therefore that's why I'm leaving this coach. I'm not sure if it's, if it's from that element, whatever yeah. it is, I just, I, I hear it a lot. Mm. and um it makes me think of like from a because I'm obviously a coach so then I'm like I wonder if there's messages that are being mixed and like I said there's two sides to every story I've been on both sides Mm. um but in my element I personally wouldn't go away and badmouth another coach even if they were the worst person in the world to be honest unless they did something like politically incorrect Mm -mm. um if it was just like a mismatch or whatever or the product wasn't as good as I thought you know, I would probably just move on and just try and like take it as a lesson. Well, it just says a lot about their confidence as well. You can easily just say, hey, I've tried this, this and this. It mm. wasn't for me. Yeah. You don't have to say, oh, so-and-so and then put emotion and and all of that into it because then it just shows the level of your confidence. Imagine what you're saying to yourself. Yes. So you got to feel sorry for those people too. And, you know, that's why they're reaching out because they need help in those mm. areas as well. But it's a good point to, to pick back up on because it can be emotionally draining to be that person. Mm. I think just because it's been so relevant and all of a sudden you brought that up. So now I'm harping on about it. But, yeah, really <laughs> good example. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, it's sort of relates to a lot of areas and that's the Mm. beauty about health and fitness is like it does relate to so many aspects and it is more about investing in good people right like not even just coaches but clients like I like it's just a massive investment is to make sure the people that you're investing in are great good quality people that you would take fishing as I always say would I take them fishing yes or no you're not in right yeah it's just yeah. really important. But when it comes, like I said, when it comes to getting the most out of your coaching experience, you just want to be a student and you want to be curious and you want to be asking. Obviously, the first barrier is to make sure that you are investing in the right coach. And this might yeah. mean having a few like less than ideal coaches along the way, yeah. you know, and that's totally cool as well. Like I said, you can learn something from everyone, even if it's about what not to do or how not to squat, you know, it doesn't matter. Mm. You can still <laughs> learn things. Um, it's yeah. just about staying consistent and um, persistent, I guess, to find the right person because yeah. there is a right coach for everyone. In my mm. opinion, it's just about hunting around and making sure that you're, you know, choosing someone that has the same values um, and experiences that you're after. 
Yeah. And it's totally fine to sort of outgrow someone or you meet the expectations and it's great. And then you move on to another goal, just like mm. anything in life, people, friendships, we just move on, just do it from a place of, of kindness and openness and with communication. Mm. And then it'll make it easier. No one should make you feel like you're locked in or like, oh my God, if you leave me, then that's the end of the world. Like you, no one wants to feel like that. And it's just so awkward. So mm. just have the conversation. Hey, it's been an awesome year together. Um, you know, I learned X, Y, Z. Now I really want to focus on this. So I've reached out to so-and-so. Awesome. Yeah. And like you said there, if you're no longer like getting value or the thing that you're after, it's more than fine to move on. And as a coach, I hate like taking money from people that aren't getting value. Like to me, I'm like, if, yeah. if, if this isn't what you're after, if you're not checking week in, week out. Like if you're just absent, like, do you need to have some time away? Yeah, like I think I think that's totally reasonable. Um, mm. For example, like I've had a few clients that have like, um, you know, become pregnant and like mm. entered a different chapter. And yeah. to me, I'm like, look, I don't really think you should be tracking at the moment. I just no. think you should be eating according to your body and moving and doing what's well. I hope you've learned enough from me to be able to do this on your own. And brilliant, you know, just stay in the community and get whatever you need um, from that aspect, you know, because coaching isn't just about moving your body and eating as well. Mm. Um, but it's just important to know that with different chapters, and I feel like as we go through chapters as well, Danny, our coaching changes as well. So yes. just about understanding that where you are now um, might require a coach and then where you are going might require a different coach. Yeah, or none at all. If you can sort of like ask yourself, well, will I keep myself Mm. accountable? Have I learned enough to be confident to do it on my own? Will I still be applying these habits, you know, and rituals that I've picked up through the coaching? If it's all big ticks and you feel confident, awesome. Go Mm. off on your merry way and just continue through life. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. That's what coaching's for, right? To be able mm. to learn better ways to hopefully be able to navigate on your own. And a lot of um, like a lot of programs and a lot of coaching um experiences are built on a reliance model. Like you're with me forever, and you can't do this without me. They yeah. seriously are ingrained on a subconscious level. Whereas, yeah. like when there's an educational element to coaching, like let me teach you how to eat, not what to eat, or yeah. let me let me show you how to move and not what program just to follow. Like when there's that educational element it's for life and that's how you can make sure that you're you're learning and growing and developing your own philosophies as well yeah and I don't think that that's good even from a coach's perspective to have that as your business model because what are you going to do when you're 80 you still want to be coaching the same people surely you (laughs) want to work out a way where you've moved on with your life into retirement type thing and don't always make it about the money when you're starting out and you know you're taking a risk and you're like oh my god how am I going to pay my rent I understand but then you realize that Mm. it's actually about the result because as you said if you have clients that aren't checking in or they've gone a bit MIA it feels like shit taking the money. So it's like, yeah. oh, you've actually, you know, done this or you've moved and it's a bit overwhelming. Okay, mm. cool. Just put the money elsewhere. Yeah. 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 And something I say, like, if a client is struggling with compliance or whatever it might be, I'll say, like, have your priorities changed at the moment? Mm. Like, yeah, I've just moved and I've got a new boyfriend and, I'm, you know, or whatever. And I'm like, cool. That's- Does he lift? Why is, it, why is that helping if you don't lift? No. You're wrong one. You just, you just, it's okay to, yeah. to like switch things up. And, you yeah. know, I also think though, if you find someone, like if you find a good coach, fucking cling on to them. Hold on to them. They are really hard to come by, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> they are incredibly hard to come by. 
Yeah, yeah. But I think the main message from today was, again, just laying the expectations out from yourself, but then also what you're paying for. Is it a generic entry-level program or is it, you know, the premium service where you, Mm. you pay a bit more, but you get more out of it? So lay that out and then communication, not only at the start before you sign on, but throughout the whole program. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And like, in my opinion, um, the, the clients and me that get the best um, show up the most, um, they, they check in on the good and the bad weeks. They ask mm. loads of questions. And if there's changes, they ask why. Um, and they're the ones that have that growth mindset that are curious about um, what we're doing and why we're doing it a specific way. Um, and they learn as they go. You know, yep. it's a learning process. It's almost like a traineeship whenever you get coaching, depending mm. on the reason as to why you get it. But like I said, the ones that really want to ingrain those sustainable long-term habits to be able to become autonomous in the way that they're doing things, that's the key. It's just having that curious um, growth mindset and being a student yep keep the student hat on awesome awesome great episode well i hope we've really summarized (laughs) everything um into this podcast if you did enjoy it um please do take a screenshot tag the level up podcast and post it on instagram thanks everyone